That's in the air. This could be out. Diamond's underneath it. Will he catch it? He's got good hands. He's got him. Yes, he has. Diamond's got him in the deep. Having fumbled all night, he's taken the big one. Hello and welcome to Couch Talk. Today's guest is cricket commentator Hasha Bogle. We talk about the preparation that commentators do before matches, the quality of on-air TV commentary, and also about the lack of discussion on the spot-fixing scandal on air as the issue surfaced. Welcome back to the show, Hasha. Thank you, thank you, thanks, Subhash. It's my pleasure having you on again. Um, let's let's talk uh, cricket commentary on TV. How do you prepare for a test series? Um, and how is it any different from how you prepare, say, uh, going into the IPL or any other T20 match or limited overs match? And if so, how and why? You don't prepare specifically because you're actually seeing scorecards and you're following cricket, so you have, you have some idea of what is happening. You've got staff people on the ground. So you don't, you don't specifically sit and prepare like you do for an exam anymore. But you, you suddenly think, oh my God, you know, Dhawan was on the 2004 under-19 World Cup, wasn't he? Let me see who else was on it. And you just go and check. But you don't actually sit with a set of questions. The other thing is that in India, a lot of us have been pampered by the likes of Mondas Menon. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound like a fan club, but I, I reckon he, he contributes to commentators' performance by 25, 30, 35%. Because, mm. because you know that people like Mohan are around, you tend to not prepare as much. Let me be completely honest. Because you know that you can just call him up. For example, even when I was here in England and the cash support they're getting for the Champions Trophy is, well, I mean, let, let me use a, a master's word, it's poor. So, with, with more than proactive. So, I, I just sort of sent him a mail before going to bed and in the morning I got all the numbers I wanted because I had this theory that uh, Pakistan batsmen play far better against India than they do the rest of the world. So, well, to cut a long story short, uh, don't don't prepare specifically as much as much for a series unless something strikes you. But do what do read the scorecard of every single game played around the world, so you have some idea. So the approach. But to be fair, Subhash, you should. To be fair, you should because I've been talking about what a great bats, what a fine young talent, Kane Williamson of New Zealand is, for example. Mm-hmm. And on a whim, I looked up his Test record and I said 31, and I said, hang on, have I missed something here? He's better than 31. So so things like that hit you sometimes if you don't prepare, like for an example. <laughs> so. The approach to uh, you know, going on air, whether for a T20 match, uh, an IPL, or a test match, is pretty much the same for a commentator. I, IPL, I do at the start of the season because there's so many players. But what helps me with the IPL, to be completely honest, is I do a three- or a four-part program on CR and IBN before hmm. the IPL starts, looking ahead to each team. When I'm forced to analyze every team, because I have to, I have to do it on air. And once you do that before the IPL starts, then actually you're okay as, as, as the tournament goes along. So IPL, you don't do match to match because, it's, because really it's three hours and as, as a lot of you love to point out, there's a lot of uh, uh, commercial activity during the telecast. <laughs> so you don't actually get time to look at, uh, look at a lot of that. Hmm. I always like to compare um, how cricket is run from an administrative point of view, how it's played, how it is described to the fans, so on and so forth with you know, other global sports, since I happen to live in the U.S., I try to, yeah. you know, compare with uh, a commentary in the NFL or NBA or a baseball game, which kind of three, three, three and a half hour game, people doing the entire commentary. 
You know, you yeah. have one color guy, you have one guy call, calling play-by-play. Why, why don't we see that in a T20 match, say in an IPL? I mean, we, I think, I believe we saw some uh, setup similar to that during uh, the Big Bash League, I, I believe on Foxtel, uh, where they had a two-man team for the entire duration of a match, a T20 match. Fair call. Um, Fair call. And thank you. I, I've, not, I've not watched ball game. How long, how long typically does a baseball game run? About the same time as the T20 game? Exactly, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. But do we talk too much on radio, maybe? I don't know. But uh, on, on, on cricket, I don't know. But we, we came down from five to three one year in the IPL. And I, I don't know, the producers didn't seem to like it too much, so they went, they went back to four. And, and four, works, four works all right. Anything more than four is a waste of time. But here at the Champions Trophy, we've got for tomorrow's final and indeed for the semis, we've got nine. Nine. So half the time we're just hanging around doing nothing. So I, I think for a 50-over game, four or five, four, four would also do, but five is, is good enough. And for a T20 game, I, I don't even mind three. So that if, if the viewers don't like a particular combination, for example, they might say that, look, Harsha and Sanjay is a pathetic combination, man. We want to escape it. Mm-hmm. Then, then if there's a third, then you at least have rotating combinations. No, uh, m- my question is even more fundamental. Why even have so many people, you know, just have, you know, for, especially in a, uh, in a T20 match, an IPL, um, have two people do the entire game. That's it. You know, yeah. one, one guy who comes from the journalism background, has had experience of leading the conversation, um, does his homework. What a good man you are, Sebastian. What a good man you are to even suggest that. <laughs> Nobody is talking about, nobody's talking about, about the journalist who leads the conversation and commentary anymore. So but I, I take your point. I, I really, I, I, I mean, you, you shouldn't be able to get by with two, actually. I think what happens is because we have things like pitch reports and tosses and whatever, mm. that you actually need a guy doing the pitch report and a guy doing the toss and the commentary already started and you're throwing to it. Maybe, maybe that's what, maybe that could be a reason. No, the, uh, you know, where you rotate the commentators every half an hour, um, where yeah. when you're doing a test match, it sort of makes sense. You know, you need the people to have their vocal cords still available on the fifth day. I understand. But completely. you know, Bobby Taliyakan, Bobby in the 30s and 40s, used to do the entire match all by himself. The pentangulars and the quadrangulars used to do day games all by himself. So I'm sure it's not impossible. I mean, the legend of uh, Bobby Taliyakan is built around doing it all by himself. And no, he, he sort not... of set up a drink in front of him and, and did it all day. I'm not saying it's impossible, but, you know, at least yeah. that's... Uh... You know, good enough reason to say that, you know, we need to rotate people, um, you know, every so often, 30 minutes in this case. But, you know, that was, that's how it was, test match commentary was done. And that has shifted directly into yeah. ODIs as well as in T20. The way I see it, there is no adapting of commentary techniques, modification and uh, yeah. adapting it to the shorter format of the game. You know, it's like, all right, we'll take everything from the test match and adapt it to uh, our so apply it to Sometimes I get the feeling that without realizing it, without expressly trying to be that way, mm-hmm. we're all a little more up in a T20 game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've not told myself, listen, to the T20 game, so you better sound more excited today. Mm-hmm. But we tend to be a little more up in a T20 game. And I think producers are now discovering that there are some broadcasters who are much better off doing a test match game, but who, uh, who they feel are not as, as suited for a T20 game. 
So maybe you'll start to see a, a, a T20 specialist broadcast in uh, course of time. But but maybe, as I said, uh, as I argued once long before, I, I strongly believe that maybe we should have a no commentary option as well. <laughs> no, seriously, with all the effects, though. You know, without audio, the, 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 the <coughs> a cricket match is dead. We, all, we always talk about the pictures. The sound on a telecast is just as critical. Or not as critical, but, but fairly critical. Mm -hmm. But if you provided all the effects, the stump mic, you can actually hear someone marking out his guard with his spikes, and you get the krr, krr, that sound that comes. Mm -hmm. you, get the, you get the stump mics turned up. You, you can hear uh, what's happening around. You can hear the crowd. And, and it's, it's like going to a cricket match. When you go to a cricket match, you don't hear the commentary. The reason I brought that up is that I, I believe a viewer should opt for a commentary rather than be subjected to commentary. Hmm. And if you say, for example, listen, yeah, I, I, I don't like this guy. He's too smart. He's too smart. He's too whatever. Then I should have the option, like the like the red button options or whatever they have, of saying, look, I'll get all the sound effects, but I don't really want him. And then for me personally, as a commentator, if people are then listening to me, then I'm feeling top of the world, man. It's because it means that people are listening to me because of a choice, not because they don't have it. True. Anyway, but that's that that that's way too radical, and I think uh, <laughs> I, I I don't think it went down too well. You know, from your point of view, you know, you've been in this in the cricket business for a long time now. You know, and you just say it was way too radical. Like, is cricket, the way it is run, is it too conservative not to embrace bold ideas? It's, it's a good call. Do you, for example, like mic'd up fielders, which, which was something that even that came about 10, 15 years ago. But do you like mic'd up fielders, for example? Do you like a fielder or a wicketkeeper or a slip trying to tell you what happened? We do that sometimes, and people start saying, look, it dropped the catch because he was talking to you. <laughs> Yeah, which is, which is not strictly true, but we, we tried that. I mean, I mean, one was Shane Warren was telling me yes, day before yesterday, he actually loves being mic'd up while he's playing cricket. Of course he does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and he plays the gallery a little bit, but I mean, that, that sequence where he got someone out saying, this is how I'm going to bolt him, this is how he's going to get out, is, is television gold, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. I think it was Brendan McCullum. Yeah, it's like uh, with any on-air commentators, there are some good ones, really good ones, who actually bring value to the commentary. So if you're going to yeah. pick any Tom, Dick and Harry and mic them up on the field, I don't think it that adds anything to the true. broadcast. I'll tell you, during the IPL, sometimes you're told so-and-so is mic'd up and you've got to look at each other and say, right, in whose segment is this coming on? But some of them are really good, but some of them, I, I don't think we should do it if we are merely fulfilling an obligation. And that, that's what it has come, I mean, it's... I have been watching and then, you know, trying to take notes during uh, watching a IPL match. And you how much it's on... notes while watching an IPL game? Are we learning something new about people who watch games? <laughs> no, what I was saying was that uh, it's how much it's on cruise control. It's, you know, IPL came in new, this new format, all this exciting, great. But that's also a very formulaic, you know, it's like a Desi Masala movie, you know. Five songs, three fights, two emotional scenes, one comedy set. And that's exactly how broadcast has become. I mean, it has become a science rather than an art. It's a good call that you make because I, I, I just think that in, in years to come, we will become even more formulaic because, and I, I find it difficult to say this because I, rep, I represent a dwindling, almost extinct constituency. But the, you, you'll start getting some cricketers who are excellent storytellers. Mm -hmm. 
and who will embellish the telecast. I mean, I think someone like Shane Warne, for example, was, was just born to do commentary, apart from being born to bowl leg breaks. Mm -hmm. But you'll find that a lot of people are coming in on, on batting averages or on bowling averages. And so you will continue to get the same form. And I'll tell you, it's not easy being a cricketer commentator because you have to be seen to be knowledgeable all the time because people tell me he's a cricketer, he's got to know, right? So you've got to be seen to be knowledgeable all the time. And because you have to be seen to be knowledgeable all the time, you're forever talking about the technique and as aspects of that. And it, it could happen. Uh, to be honest, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting call. I, I must talk about it to a new breed of producers because... Just as the game gets younger, I think you must get a younger breed of producers as well. In terms of commentators that just talk for the sake of talking and filling up airtime, you can let the pitches speak for yourself, but apparently they don't sometimes. Um, and, and this especially applies to some former international cricketers. I'm not going to say names if you do, because they are, some of them are your colleagues that, you know, they're basically reading stuff off the screen, you know. For example, there is one commentator who a guy comes in, has played three balls and scored six runs, and then he would say his strike rate is 200, as if that is somehow relevant, even. Um, or, for the matter, two overs to go, 30 runs to get, quite rate is 15. I mean, it does make sense to tell fans or the audience that the required rate is 15 with five overs to go or seven overs to you go. You know, I'll, I'll tell you what's happening. I'll tell you what else is happening. There was a... Oh, I've long believed, and that's something I learned in my formative years, that all telecasts are producer-led, not commentator-led. That, that the producer is, is sort of controlling the, uh, the way the game is pro progressing from the commentary box or uh, from the production, what to show. The cricketer will, or the commentator will sometimes tell the producer, this is what I want to see, and then he'll show you that. But if, if the commentator is just on, on, an, on an indulgent trip, or if the commentator is getting dull, the producer actually says, listen, let's move on from that topic. And on good telecast, that does happen. Even if you've taken a thousand wickets, the producer will say, listen, let's, let, let, let's move on to another topic because we're getting tired now. That is the job of the producer, because a commentator can sometimes forget that they, are, they have to stay relevant all the time to the people. They can get carried away by a story they're telling. It's the producer's job to say, listen, I think the story is getting a little labored now. Let's move on. But the younger producers that are coming in are mm. sometimes starstruck. If, if, you're a, if you're a 32, if you're a 30, 35-year-old producer, you've come into this because you love sport. And suddenly there's Shane Warne and Wati Makran doing commentary. Mm -hmm. And you've grown up thinking, wow, man, I, I paid to watch these people and you've been a fan. Can you suddenly tell Shane Warren and Vasim Akram, listen, cut the waffle, let's move on, guys. So we're seeing a trend where producers are in awe of the commentators, and that, that, should, that should not happen, and hopefully that will change again. There's a question from a listener, Shyam. Uh, yeah. You know, what incentive exists for a commentator to do a good job for the viewers? Do you know of instances where a commentator has been fired or demoted uh, for doing a um, bad job on air? Uh, not, I, I mean... When, when contracts end, some, with some commentators, contracts are allowed to lapse, for example. I think you'll find that the, the Sky commentary team today is a bit different from the Sky commentary team of five, six years ago. Mm -hmm. or, or I think the nine commentary team is going through a metamorphosis. Now with the, with the colossal rights amount paid, I, I don't know if that will change the commentator as well. But, uh, but, but uh, sometimes contracts are allowed to run out. But if players are picked on current form, 
then I, I have no problem if, if commentators are picked on uh, on current form. And that is why if if there is greater interactivity, I often ask executives, television executives, do you what kind of feedback do you do at the end of a year? Say you you've done there's been a domestic season with seven test matches, ten one years, twelve T20 games. At the end of that, what kind of assessment do you do? And I've not always got the perfect answer to it. I must confess. You brought up the names of Wasim Akram and Shane Warne, and I mean, as cricketing legends who are, who are in the commentary I'm, box, I'm, that I a mean, producer could be a fan of. If if Wasim Akram is talking about fast bowling, or from his time playing international cricket, you know, I'm sure every single cricket fan would be all ears. But it is excruciating in other times um, when he's just reading stuff off the screen, you know, but. He's Vasim Akram. He's a legend of cricket. Of course, he is. I know. I know what you're saying because the other day I was uh, I was on the ground at at the Oval, and we were talking about Dale Staines. I don't know if you get to see the wraparound shows that we do for Indian audiences, but they were talking about Dale Staines not playing and and why cricket balls are not swinging, and this whole issue of why England are getting reverse swing, and Michael Holding was was sensational, and and Vasim was talking about how he says. If you're getting reverse swing, you have to do it only a certain way. And uh, if you're trying to tell us that nothing happening to the ball, I, I, I don't agree, that kind of stuff. But when, when he was talking about that, he was excellent. Yeah, and I get the point you're making. So then the audio, for the audience, it's like, oh, well, you know, if you want the good, you have to take it with the bad. You know, but is... tell me why, let me ask you a question. Why is, is this commentary such... Such a debated topic. I've, I've, I haven't got down to it. Obviously, I don't mind because it allows me to earn a living. Mm -hmm. But why is commentary so hotly debated among the fans? Because why are commentators given such a lot of importance? Because I think it has to do, it's only my opinion, of course. I think it has to do yeah. with the kind of sport cricket is. It is a cerebral yeah. sport. And yeah. the commentator's job is to help us understand, make us think about the sport. And is that what it is? Is that what it is, or is, is or is the commentator's job just to make, uh, uh, just to add to the enthusiasm? Does the commentator have to be a teacher? I think adding to the, I think cricket has sufficient enthusiasm. The crowd noise that comes through the, the TV is yeah. sufficient enough to get us all excited in sitting in our living rooms. And I don't think commentators have to get really excited about it. But but I think to help us understand the nuances of cricket. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example, a great example of commentator as a teacher, something that someone like me would never have picked up. I'm doing commentary with Shane Warne, and suddenly he got all excited. He was, he was, he was like a little kid who just seen his favorite chocolate in the store <laughs> and was sort of tugging along at his mother saying, I want that, I want that. And he was jamming every button he could see, trying to tell the producer, give me the first ball, give me the first ball of this over and put it alongside any other ball that you want. That's fine, but I need the first ball. Mm -hmm. And, and then his eyes were twinkling and he said, you know what, I think I've just spotted which ball today the ball quicker through the air. Exactly. And then, put a split, and then we put a split screen. Now, here's a great example of a commentator as an educator. Yeah, absolutely. But that, but that cannot happen every minute of a telecast. That is true. You'll probably get, you'll probably get five, six, maximum ten moments of those. Like, for example, the other day Sanjay was telling me when Kusal Pereira got out, he just suddenly just threw a line just like that and he said, when the ball is new, you play straight drive, not a cover drive, because the bat is a little angled when you play the cover drive. Just wait to play the cover drive a little bit more, a little bit longer. Now, you'll get few moments like those. Those are educative moments. But I think sometimes commentary can 
over cannot can't can't comment you overdo the education bit i mean i don't think uh, you can overdo it because as you said you know you're getting only so many moments like that uh during a you know because i'll tell you something else. i'm i'm sorry i keep interrupting you but i i i i suppose i'll forget what i'm trying to say i think we represent a very small not a very small but a relatively small segment of the total watchers I mean, I know you and a lot of your friends who are on on the on the net together, <laughs> and who have very strong, often very acerbic comments about uh, about the way things are done. But I think that's a small subset. It's not even a significant subset. It's a small subset of watchers which I discovered during IPL. When I when I'm with the IPL, I discover I I learned that this very involved, numbers driven, nuances driven, strategy driven, the good old. Chennai Tambram cricket viewer to to profile him in a in a sense is a very small minority, and television audiences cannot cater to that minority. Hmm. Uh, and it's it's an interesting thought, which is why when someone threw up the idea of having different commentary feeds for different segments, and I said if it's not if it's not too expensive and it's not cluttering up airtime, it's not a bad idea. It does. Uh, I think Jared Kimber brought that up in the conversation we were having. Mm-hmm. Saying, "Can't why can't I have a nerdy commentary? I'm a nerd. Why can't I have a nerdy commentary? Why do I have to have a cheerleader-driven commentary?" And the answer to that is is numbers. The nerdy commentary attracts nerds watching cricket are a very small segment. They're a very vocal segment, and because they're very vocal segment, they give the impression that they're a large segment. I mean, I, I think I've mentioned this before. When 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 Star after they got the rights, they actually made a presentation to us. The marketing team of Star they made outstanding presentations to all the commentators, and they asked commentators some very uh, very disturbing questions, to which not everybody had answers. And and they said, look, this is what our research is showing. And you, you'll be interested to know the research also said that when you say, listen, long leg just moved a little finer, they said they don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. A very, very large percentage of people had never been inside a cricket ground. Mm-hmm. To them, cricket is what they see on television. So if you say he's just moving mid-wicket squarer, they say, "So what does that mean?" Mm-hmm. So th- that is the overwhelmingly large segment that television has to cater. I mean, I, I believe this conversation that you are referring to happened with Kimber and Sharda Ogra and Nitin on uh, the Cricket Force Huddle mm-hmm. Show. Um, He did. But the, but the one I'm talking about, what what Star is mentioning to us, yeah. Mm-hmm. What was yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. So going back to that, you know, we are a small subset who care how it is cricket is narrated to us and all that. But then, are we to believe that uh, that no. subset you, you subset is as well. the broadcasters do not care for that subset? You need to be catered to as well, which is why sometimes we have one size fits all telecasts. And I, I, to be honest, I don't know the answer. What the economic viability of a one-size-fits-all telecast is, because I've never actually worked on the business side of a telecast. Hmm. But, but it's like it's like saying, okay, is there some people who want very high-quality petrol at 100 rupees a liter, but the Danta will only get Chalu petrol at 50 rupees a liter? Is it viable for us to sell two lots of petrol, hmm. or does everyone therefore have to buy 50? Now that is that is a business decision. I guess that yeah, and that it, it's like segmenting a product. It's like segmenting a product. I mean, uh, I, I I can sell I can sell shampoo at two rupees a sachet, and I can sell shampoo at eight rupees a sachet. But I'll only sell the shampoo at eight rupees a sachet if it's worth my while selling it there. If that segment is large enough. Mm-hmm. Now I believe that at the end of the season, I'm sure Star Star has got some very very bright 
very, very bright young people in, in their telecasts who do numbers really well, and I'm sure they'll work out those numbers and, and tell us. But Sony do the numbers too, and Sony's numbers are telling them that for IP, that is the way to go. The question, I think, I believe this is what you mentioned, uh, you, I guess you're paraphrasing uh, from one of those meetings, that the broadcaster, the producer, they want to grab the attention of the housewife going from uh, living room to among, the kitchen. Among, among other segments, yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what that says about what the media thinks of the uh, Indian housewife. But if that is, that is your technique to grab the attention, why, is it not the, why isn't that technique used during a test match? We see that during IPL where there is over-the-top, loud uh, commentary, but we don't see that in a test match. I'm sure you always want to grab the attention of the housewife on the other segments, um, of the population going from one place to unless, another in their house. Unless research is showing, unless research is showing that this is the only form of cricket she's watching, and and she isn't watching that. So if, if research is showing, for example, that that you need a Johnny Lever kind of person in a in a pot boiler commercial, and it, it's not always the same parallel. I'm just giving an example, mm -hmm. but but you don't but you don't need Sham Benegal film because Janta is not the mass Janta is not going to watch a Sham Benegal film anyway. So then I'll, I'll, put, I'll put Johnny Lever in a Manmohan Desai film, but not in a Sham Benekal film. I think, I think that, that might be a fair parallel. To be honest, I'm, I'm just speaking as it comes to my mind. Mm -hmm. So maybe that is what it is. And, and you know, it is the, this, uh, the, the hardcore, slightly arrogant uh, uh, cricket lover who says, look, I know cricket and uh, I will, you must respect my knowledge as well. It's a bit like the old test match lovers who think that there should be no T20. Because but, you understand the game very well, you want a commentary on a broadcast that is tailored to your level of intelligence, but, but you're, you might be a minority. And I think some of us, me, me included in that list, are, are grappling with that and figuring out the best style is. I mean, I can see changes in my broadcast style coming along as well over the last five, six years because we're all, we're all uncertain about where, where we should be going. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think I understand cricket completely or anything of that sort, and I don't have that... Uh a pity attitude. Some of your friends do. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they do. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I, I can't I'm not defending them either. No, no. But I'm, I'm nothing wrong with that. I'm nothing against them. They're entirely their point of view. It's just that maybe the generation thing that the different points of view were expressed politely and now they're expressed rudely. But that's... No, what I'm trying to say is that you narrate what you see or you build a story around it. Whatever you do, you know, don't take me for granted. Don't, you don't have to insult my intelligence, uh, you know. Uh, whatever little there is of my intelligence, don't insult it, you know. Don't take you it know, for granted. But I think the difference between the parallel I gave you and cricket is that you don't want to see Amar Akbar Anthony or you don't want to see Andaz Apna Apna or whatever. You don't want, no, Andaz was a better thing. You, suppose, suppose you don't want to see Ye Jawani, Ye Diwani, but you want to see something else. You have the option. Correct. Yeah, you don't have the option. So that is where my earlier parallel is not strong enough. So, on commentary, uh, another question comes from Sri Ramgiri, and in sense of fairness, I need to put this to you. Do you, think, do you think commentators get unnecessary flack on social media and other things, you know, on Twitter, etc.? Too many... Do you feel that yeah. there are too many people are talking to you without really understanding what they're talking about? 
part of it's it's part of the territory. If you want people to like you, if you want people to recognize you, if you want people to give you a good television contract, it's, it's part of the territory. No? You can't say I only want people to like me and I don't want people who don't like me. If if you want to accept praise, you want to you have to be ready to accept flack, not like anybody else. So yeah, there are some days when you get bothered and hot under the collar, and some days you think, oh, why, why are they saying this to me? But you don't say that on days when people praise you unnecessarily too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's part of the it's part of the constraint. It's fine. I mean, sometimes people tell me, don't you get upset by all these people on Twitter ranting against you? And I said no, because I'm not jumping with joy and hitting the ceiling because there's a larger number than those saying all kinds of nice things to you on Twitter as well. So it's it's part of the constraint. If you want to be a, if you want to be in that zone, then you have to be willing to take everything. Okay. Um... I want to talk, uh, you know, bring up a new topic, and this will be a last topic yeah. of discussion uh, for now. Yeah. Um, and several fans, several listeners of the show sent in this, and I'm going to highlight two names, Chandan and Shoaib. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this has to do with the spot-fixing controversy that broke out yeah. during the IPL, yeah. recent IPL. Why was... Yeah. I think, I believe even Crick Info and Western India carried some articles which to the sense of the deafening silence yeah, um, of why didn't any you know, ex-cricketer that's on the commentary team or other commentators um, express concern over the matter on air. Uh, there was, if, the, if at all there was any mention of it, it was severely limited. I, I believe I heard Ravi Shastri mention it a few times. That's about it. And people are entitled to ask, ask that question. They're perfectly within their rights to ask that question. Because they are stakeholders in our game. And if they're actually they're perfectly entitled to ask, ask the question, the question is, what is the right forum for it? On, on a live telecast of a cricket match, especially an IPL game, where there's such a lot of cricket happening, can you build an argument? Can you, can you explain, do you have the time to do it? Is that the right, right forum? I'm not convinced myself if that is the right forum to, to talk about something like that, number one. Number two, uh, in, in my case, I can't, I can't speak for the others. In my case, I had, I had a contract with IMG, who are the producers of the IPL, mm-hmm. that I cannot be on television or print in any form. So, in fact, I hadn't seen that clause. I actually pulled out of my writing commitment on, uh, uh, on, on, on Times of India and on CNN IBM because there was a clause in that contract. Now, I, I, my Cricket Folk writing contract in Indian was predated that, so I could continue doing that. But I think there was an understanding that till the end of the IPL, or till the end of that period of the contract, that uh, there wasn't a specific clause saying you can't speak against one, two, three, four, five. But there are certain clauses built into every single contract. If you're an engineer on a dam site, there are clauses built into your contract. Mm-hmm. So which is why the first article I wrote after the end of the IPL was about 2,000 words long. And I had to, I had to request people to carry it in full because... I, I wanted to state everything that I felt on that issue. So, in, in my case, I, I didn't think it was fair for me to do it till the 26th, but I said what I had to. But, you know, it's why there's one other thing. Sometimes in these matters, we react very quickly, but you have to know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. On the whole spot-fixing spot thing, we still haven't seen evidence. So, if I had come out and said, you know what, this guy Srishant is a moron, and Srishant, whatever, whatever. And I discovered later that the Delhi police were wrong. Mm-hmm. Suppose. And... Then where, where do I hide? Where do I have to go? So people, for example, told me that you went very soft on Azuruddin because he was a friend of yours during the match-fixing controversy and that you protected him. Mm-hmm. I said, wow, man, you think I'm powerful enough to do that? That's, a, that's, that's excellent. People think I'm that important. But I have not met Bukir. 
I don't know how match fixing happens. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I know a little bit of how spot fixing happens from what I read in the papers. But I have not ever been approached by anyone to contact somebody. So I do not know enough about the subject. I know a little bit about cover drives. I know a little bit about leg break bowling. But I do not know that much. So can I come out and be seen to be a spokesman? Yes, we should all condemn it. And which is what we did. Which is what at least some of us did as soon as the IPL got over. But I think fans are perfectly entitled to ask, ask that question. And it's something that television companies and other people have to, have to look at on how do you address stakeholder concerns and address questions that game stakeholders want to be asked. What, what was the exact clause uh, you mentioned about? Uh, I don't remember. I, you know, I'm just waiting for my son to finish becoming a lawyer so he can read my contract. I have, I've long believed that if anybody has to go by the word of a contract, it's a bad relationship anyway. It's a very naive thought, but I, I, I do not believe that people have to, it should ever be in a relationship where you have to go by the word of the contract and not the spirit of it. So it, it's somewhere on my laptop. It's somewhere on my laptop. Um, so, okay, you gave your perspective on why you didn't address it. Was there any directive from anyone else, um, you know, perhaps the not, Indian... Not formally to me, no. Not, not formally to me, no, but, uh, but? I, I don't know if it was. If we, I don't know if there was a, a formal request to, uh, to someone else, but it, it wasn't formal. It wasn't that you were told, listen, you will not talk about, you will not talk about match fixing. But, but, but was there you know, a gentle nudge saying like, you know what? No, no. I mean, I, I, actually, I actually believe that in an, in an IPL match, there will never be enough time because a break at the end of an over. Hmm. And you don't want to say something that will then be pulled out like it was on 140 characters. Mm -hmm. But you cannot say the story on you know, 140 characters. Like, I, I tried to explain that there's a difference between spot fixing and match fixing, and nobody bothered to read the second tweet, which, which is explaining <laughs> what I was saying. And because it was also convenient to do that. So I, I, I pulled out of that, because I was very disappointed at the response of people I believe were intelligent. So, but, but, I I mean, suppose, but I suppose in a T20 match, considering, you know, one over is 20% of the match, uh, if you spot fix it's, it's a larger, Look, it's an, it's, it's an issue that management have to address. To be honest, now I I don't know. For example, if if in a Super Bowl final mm -hmm. that would get discussed, I don't know. Would would it be? Would Comrade to talk about it in in a in a big end? If if, if the Yankees are playing, whoever absolutely. I mean, if if, uh, if the Yankees and Red Sox are playing and there was some some shady stuff had gone on, or for example, yes. players uh, that use steroids and stuff like that, and I believe it's yes. fair enough for the commentators to. Yeah, basically, have the discussion. So, so basically, what makes, they're doing is they're engaging the audience in it, right? So. Yeah, though that makes the assumption that all commentators are as, are as knowledgeable and have the best point of view. It's, it's a point of view, but don't expect it to be the definitive point of view because commentators know the game. They don't always understand the business and things that go around it. Mm -hmm. So, for example, in the whole spot-fixing issue, it was not a cricket reporter's uh, job. It was a legal and crime reporter's job. Mm -hmm. What sections are they being arrested under? I'm not an expert to say whether uh, arresting Srishant under Makoka or whether arresting Srishant under the cheating something or gambling something. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not confident to say that is right or wrong. So it wasn't once the arrest were made, it was no longer a cricket reporter or commentator's area of knowledge or area of expertise. So you could have one of us going on saying, you know what, he should not have been arrested. I, hang on, we don't have the expertise to talk about that. So the moment it goes outside that field of play, people tend to assume that we are knowledgeable. It is not a bad, 
<laughs> I don't mind people thinking, but we are not always the most knowledgeable about it. I mean, I, I understand there are reactions, yeah. emotions, and not always correctly placed. A lot of them are misplaced, yeah. of course. But uh, but voices being raised are are, are are good, and I buy that one. Definitely voices, because you add to, you ensure that things don't get buried, and you add uh, add to public opinion. To that extent, I understand. All right. Um, on that note, Harsha, thank you so much for uh, spending time with me this yes. morning. No, no, no problem. No. I hope I can get you again soon when you get back to India. Yeah, let's do this. All we need are open minds. And Absolutely. As long as there are open minds and people are willing to say they're right or wrong, that's fine. I, mean, I, I find someone I'm willing to say I'm wrong, but the people who, are, uh, who think I'm wrong are not willing to say they're wrong sometimes. <laughs> that's okay. All right. As I said, it comes with the constituency. I've, I've benefited so much, so much, so much from being on... Uh, being on cricket television, that I, if someone someone doesn't like me, that that's fine. No, not everyone can like. I mean, people don't like Lata Mangeshkar and Amitabh Bachchan. Where are we? <laughs> well put. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Thank you. That's in the air. This could be out. Jarvis underneath it. Will he catch it? He's got good hands. He's got him. Yes, he has. Jarvis got him in the deep. Having fumbled all night, he's taken the big one. It went wild. Couch talk.